New and Approved, the home of new and international music here on Sin. Vocal powerhouse Montaigne has released her second album titled Complex. She will soon be heading on tour to celebrate the release, but she's taken some time to join us in the studio today. Your new album Complex is out today and the album tackles themes of loneliness, isolation, identity confusion and the desire to escape. Did these themes naturally weave their way into your music or was it a conscious decision to use the platform of music to highlight them? Yeah, it was it was natural. Uh, I'd say it was just lived experience, <laughs> and um, I just I guess synthesized that into some sort of creative infusion. Um, but it was very much stuff I was going through, I guess, in, at the time. Yeah, fair enough. The thirteen track album is a beautiful mix of these bold pop electronic sounds, cinematic orchestral instrumentation um, coming together to complement your beautiful vocals. Um, can you give us an insight into what the creative and recording process was like for the record? Sure, it was very varied. I worked with a lot of different people. So the person who has the most cuts on the album is Tony Buchan, who has five of the songs. I co-wrote them with him, and then there are eight other producers as well. Yeah. And we worked in like, like I worked in their studio, so eight different studios, and like some of with Tony, we were in two different studios, and then there were some songs that I had to recut vocals for in like a totally other different studio as well. So it was very like multi-locational yeah. um, and very kind of, I guess, broken up or sporadic in some ways. But a lot of it was recorded in LA. Like the mo- most of it was recorded in LA, yeah. and a couple of things were recorded in Sydney. So it was ve- it was a very international record. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Do you find like jumping from destination to destination supplies a bit more inspiration for different sounds, or is it like jarring, or do you feel like it maybe is a bit more creatively liberating? It, it's more the experiences that happen those different locations yeah. that influence my music. No. I mean, of course, like with the internet nowadays, like I can listen to Brazilian bossa nova from like the <laughs> 70s, like in Sydney in my bedroom. Exactly, you know? yeah. Like in LA, I, yeah, I don't need to be in LA to like listen to music by people from LA. But um, it was definitely like, I think LA was formative in the sense that the place made me feel a little crazy the yeah. first couple of times I went there. Absolutely. And that sort of augmented already extant feelings of craziness <laughs> so I think all of that sort of ended up going into the energy and the lyric of the record a little Amazing. bit. Going back to the producers you worked with on the record you had your long-term collaborator Tony Buchan in addition to the likes of Wynne Bennett who's worked with Janelle Monet, Carl Shearer who's worked with the likes of Dua Lipa and Broods and Mozella who's worked with Madonna, Miley Cyrus and One Direction. Very impressive list. <laughs> How did you come to work with such influential names? Win was, I guess, just organised with my publisher. Like, some people, I think a lot of people in LA are just, like, open to working with whoever as long as they sort of listen to the thing and they're like, that's, like, at least half decent. Um, everyone's pretty open to collaboration there, I think. Uh Carl and Mozilla were both like from a song hub. Like that's we were just put in a session in the day together. It was the first time we met, so it's kind of just one of those chance sort of arrangements. And then I don't know, like there's Dave Sitek too, who's like TV on the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like worked with Bowie and Scarlett Johansson, and like he's amazing. And, and now you, yeah, and now me, Montaigne. You heard of me? Um, and he was like, he was just also like my management got in touch, and he was like, yeah please so oh that was really cool um but just like 
reaching out and you know i think when once you build a little bit of like a portfolio and like profile as a musician like people are more open to the idea because they at least know you have like a track record of decency (laughs) (laughs) um and I, i don't know i'd like to think i earned those collaborations a little bit but um you know, like the internet again, it just makes it easier to contact people, I yeah. guess. Connects everyone. Yeah. Do you feel like they brought like an individual flavour to each of the songs? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, all the songs, I think, sound quite different from each other and that does come through. Like the songs that sound the most similar are the ones that were all done by Tony, right. I think. And then the rest of them are sort of their own little discreet um, locations. Mm-hmm. The album on a whole does have quite a few instrumental moments. Did you find that those collaborators had their own concepts for the instrumental arrangements of the songs? The stuff I did with Tony, that was very deliberately <coughs> arranged with influences such as like Perfume Genius and Rostam and um, uh, Fiona Apple and Björk and like we I I wanted to do something that had a lot of it, that was very vocal heavy and that used like like non-western percussion and instruments so that ended up sort of going into it with Tony's stuff um, and then with all the other people I guess like Dave Sitek's thing is like make the most sound with the least layers so mm. Stockholm Syndrome which is the song we ended up doing sounds terrifying and huge <laughs> but it's only like five like stems or something and then Wynn and I we were just like we love the song Enjoy by Björk so let's do that (laughs) and then Tom Roll and I who did Pleasure and and started losing my mind that was just like Tom loves Prince and the Beatles and like Radiohead and like I think that very much like all filtered in like to some of the vocal arrangements especially on those like tracks because he he like there's a bit losing my mind that there's like a vocal breakdown where it's like losing my 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 mind he made all that like in a flash like yeah I just sang it (laughs) he he wrote that whole bit it was amazing like he didn't even have to like he was just like just do this and this and this and then it all came together and it was perfect I was like cool Um, so yeah there's definitely like a bit of a like an individual blueprint from everyone I think cool or fingerprint rather you're here on scene with Jazz and Indie and Jess, a.k.a. Montaigne, who has released her second album, Complex, today. So we love getting music recommendations, especially from artists. Mm. Um, what records were you listening to during the making of this record? I was listening to a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, but I think, like, the sort of... Again, with, like, Tony, the main influences were, like, No Shape by Perfume Genius and Half Light by Ross Dam and the Swiss Army Man original soundtrack by Andy Hull and Robert McDowell, who are from Manchester Orchestra. Yeah. And I just love – I listened to that so much in 2017. It was just my favourite thing. (laughs) And and I guess, like, The Idler Wheel – um, by Fiona Apple. That's not the full title. It's just really long, and oh. I, can't, I can never remember mm. the whole thing. It's like a Panic at the Disco song title. And then <laughs> yes, in the early days, that is. <laughs> I mean, like there was some Queen. Like I was really obsessed with the song The Millionaire Waltz, and then a bit of Twenty One Pilots, and like cool. a bit of Kate Bush, and and like some sort of more Middle Eastern music and stuff, like Terra Cuffed, and um, <laughs> we were sort of like sharing around a lot of that between me and Tony like we're listening to just send each other like a lot of songs non-western songs like just trying to explore that a little bit more and Tony like Tony's like Jewish is from 
Actually, I don't know if he's from Israel. I don't know if his heritage is Israeli, but he's like he's done service um, in Israel as it is like conscription and stuff like that. And like Tony, that's like his heritage. And so he sort of brings that to the table. And my like history is like Spanish and Filipino and like, I don't know. I just I'm interested in like other cultures and languages and music and because it exists in the world. And, you know, this stuff always gets sort of like fused into new creative like things and I think it's really good to be able to like do that in a respectful way exactly it's almost a little bit experimental too yeah yeah very cool you're kicking off the complex tour in November in Victoria you'll be playing Bendigo on the 21st of November Torquay on the 22nd and you'll be hitting Melbourne at the Croxton on the 23rd for those who haven't caught your live set before what can people expect from it uh lots of energy (laughs) a lot of me on the ground uh, hopefully good singing <laughs> and lots of stories. I've started to tell more stories and a really hot band. But my, my band's really good. Um, they're really good boys and just good at what they do. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. You are sitting here with your foot in some sort of <laughs> medical scenario with a moon boot on. Yes. Have you been sitting and planning out any dance moves that you're just ready to bust out when you've got the physical ability to do so? I kind of... Um, I haven't got any planned moves, but I definitely, like, you know, I just, like, let the spirit move me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've got, like, I guess I've got sort of um, default moves that I do that aren't, like, even moves. They're just ways I move my body. <laughs> but that's kind of it. I don't sure. know. I think I'd like to be able to have, like, a full choreograph, like a, like a Mitski or David Byrne kind of situation happening, but, like, it just it's not yet. It is not this now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you still get nervous before a performance? Depends on the performance. That's if true. it's my own, like if it's my own headline show, no. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But if it's like, um, what was the thing I recently got nervous about? <laughs> I did something recently, and I was like, oh, I can't remember. It's usually if it's like not for, not for an audience that's expressing my own, um, right? Yeah, because then I'm like. I don't know. Like with my own audience, I know I'm like a guarantee. It's a guaranteed success, right? Because I could sing like a few shit notes and they'd still be like, "We love you." We love you. Yeah. Whereas like with other people, it's like there's more at stake, or there's less at stake. I don't know how much is at stake. I think my mind just gets anxious. Almost (laughs) like if you're a guest, you feel like you've got to, you know, bring a plate of food to the party. No, no, totally. That's it. You're Mm -hmm. you're totally correct. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We're gonna give Ready a Spin, which is the closing track of the album. I read that this track yielded from a desire to use music to address the factors which play a part in women not getting opportunities and the strengths we embrace to push past these. In your time as an artist, have you found that these issues are improving at all? I feel like I'm actually not the best person to answer this question weirdly mm-hmm. because like, I personally haven't struggled that Fair much enough. because of being a woman in the music industry. Yeah. Um, but I've heard so many stories of people who have and who have just gone through absolute shite um, yeah, mm-hmm. and like that's I guess where that's coming from. You yeah. know, like just because I haven't experienced it doesn't mean it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Exist, and like, yeah. but the thing is, like, I do, don't have like a good barometer for whether things have or have not improved because like, there are some ways in which I know things like there's still like behavior that hasn't been called out. Yeah. Um, and I understand like there's usually restrictions around it. You know, like there's some kind of like consequence that mm-hmm. might stop that from happening. And like, but. I don't know. I'd like to think it's getting better if slowly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Slow progress is still progress. Yeah, and I think, like, I think now that, especially, like, 
I have a bunch of friends, for example, like I have a friend who puts on like DJ workshops for women and then like another friend who, like Ableton Live School and stuff, right? Like these are all like very accessible, more or less, like, you know, if you're kind of in the middle class, like um, programs to like learn how to use music, mm. uh, DAWs, like digital audio workspaces yeah. and stuff. And like I think as that becomes more accessible and like women are encouraged more to like go into it like it will improve but i have a feeling it's one of those things that'll be generational like yeah you're right like we won't see the progress instantly now but then like in like 10 years it'll be like all of a sudden there are women everywhere (laughs) like i think that's kind of how it'll sort of play out even in the last i feel like the last couple of years it's changed quite a bit yeah yeah now they've got like um lists like um databases for female um engineers producers and artists so cool i didn't have that when i was studying back in the day so it does feel like it's changing a little bit Mm. Well, Jess, aka Montaigne, thank you so much for joining us here at Sin. Your second album, Complex, is out today. Any last words before you let everybody listen to it? Ah, oh, just just go listen to it, I reckon. <laughs>